Oh, Jesus. S&P 500 program trade by level one. This is your wake-up call, pal. Go to work. Okay, so today we're talking about negative interest rates. Yes, that's right, negative interest rates. I hope you like that sound bite. Cost me a dollar. I hope we got the money for it. Anyway, uh, the idea for negative, uh, this chat about negative interest rates came to me uh, actually in a hardware store a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, where a couple of guys in the queue in front of me were saying, and I won't do the thick Aussie accent if you don't mind, but they were saying something like, oh, you know, they've got negative interest rates or they're talking about negative interest rates in Europe at the moment and blah, 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 shaking their heads and carrying on. Uh, and my first thought was to say, well, you know, if a bank offers, say, a negative mortgage rate, you know they're going to figure out a way to get more fees and charges out of you. You know, that was one of my first thoughts. But, you know, it's more than that. Uh, it's more than just smoke and mirrors and, and, and clever pricing and hidden fees and so on. It's much more than that. In fact, it's not that at all. Uh, so in this podcast, we're going to talk about why negative rates are a real thing, why they are important, and how a government or governments will make it work, even if you don't want them to do it. It will happen. But first, we need to pay some bills. Okay, if you're interested in advanced trading material, check out masterclasstrader.com. We have courses on trading with order flow like a prop trader and trading commodity spreads like a hedge fund trader. For a limited time, you can use the code TRADINGWITHGB for a 20% discount at the checkout. That's all one word, TRADINGWITHGB. That website, again, masterclasstrader.com. Okay, so let's hit the textbooks for a second. Let's think about monetary policy. What is it? Monetary policy, it's that tool used by central banks to manage the health of the economy. One of those tools, the main one, in fact, for a central bank is adjusting short-term interest rates. We all know that, right? It was in our high school textbooks, it was in our university textbooks, and so on. Now, we know that by adjusting Fed's funds rate or cash rates or whatever it is for whatever particular country, other interest rates along the yield curve move with it. So the cost of your mortgage is affected, the cost of your business finance is affected, and the cost of your uh, savings rates are affected by adjusting those short-term interest rates. So by doing this, the central bank changes the way we all spend, or the way we borrow and the way we spend. Lower rates discourage savings and encourage more spending on televisions and all that other stuff. Business investment. Higher rates make us all pull our heads in. We borrow less and save more, more incentive to save. And it slows the economy down. It slows retail spending. It slows business spending and so on. So that's how a central bank controls the economy, monetary policy. Now, why does it matter here? Right? Why are we talking about this? Currently, most or many of the developed countries around the world have very low interest rates, but are in a situation where the economy needs a stimulus. Now, the, the power of monetary policy seems to have run out. Even the Reserve Bank of Australia said that. Monetary policy is less effective than it used to be. I remember back in the 90s when uh, the Reserve Bank would move interest rates by 50 basis points at a time. In fact, one day, I can't remember which year this was, one day they did it twice in a day. Uh, and I don't know, maybe it's just my memory, but I, I think monetary policy back then was a heck of a lot more effective. You'd see them change rates and you'd see, you know, down the track two, three months, you'd see them, those macroeconomic statistics 
impacted, right? Things like your unemployment or your, back then it was current or trade balance, current account deficit and so on. That was a main issue in the country. Uh, but now with rates near zero, it doesn't give the central banks much room to move unless it's up, of course. But there's no ability to stimulate the economy if we need it. If there's a big in incident where a central bank needs to drop rates to stimulate the economy, they can't do it, right? Because rates can only go to zero, or can they? Now, I was talking to a mate of mine a few weeks ago, and I mentioned I wanted to talk about negative interest rates because I think it's a little bit confusing, but it's actually not. It's one of those topics, you know. Uh, and the first thing he said, well, you know, how can negative interest rates work? Because I'll just put all my money underneath my mattress. I don't know if people still do that, but anyway. All right. So instead of putting it in banks, you put it under your mattress. Uh, and that made me think, you know, this is that's the whole point. That's the key issue around negative interest rates and whether or not they can work, whether the mattress savings method is viable. So what if there was no cash, right? So think about that. But cash enables the floor on rates, the floor to be zero, because it gives people an alternative. But what if we didn't have cash? Now, you've heard this thing, a lot of governments are trying to implement by taking large cash transactions out of the economy. For years now in Australia, they've been talking about getting rid of the $100 note, arguing it's used by naughty people like drug dealers and gamblers and other types, and it uh, fuels the so-called black economy and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, been, they were talking about doing it in Europe too, the 500 euro note, I think. Right. In Australia, they're talking about limiting cash transactions to less than $10,000. That law will be applicable to business transactions. But there's also the theory that that's going to change in time. That is, that $10,000 number will shrink and the breadth of its coverage will increase, not just business transactions. In France, Spain, Italy, they already have that in place and it's only for a few thousand euro. So they already have those limitations on cash transactions. So you know, we do hear a lot about the, oh, it's Big Brother and all that kind of uh, conspiracy theory stuff, which may or may not be true, which may or may not be something you believe in, doesn't really matter. It could just be a red herring, right? But taking cash out of the economy removes that major alternative to negative interest rates. It removes that flaw. Now, you may have heard of the IMF, not the one from the Mission Impossible movies. It's the International Monetary Fund, part of the United Nations, 100 and something, 180 something member countries. It's the kind of bank for the United Nations, if you like. Now, they've written several papers on how it can work. And their idea of removing cash makes monetary policy more workable. All right, so think about that. If a bank is offering, say, neg four on deposits and neg one on mortgages, loans and all that stuff, they still make their spread, right? But that neg one on mortgages would encourage a lot of people to go out and borrow and spend. That, that, that psychological barrier of zero might just trigger some positive economic benefits more than say a move of interest rates from 1% to 0.5. A move of interest rates from neg 0.5 to neg one could probably spur things a whole lot more. You know, and that that break of zero could make monetary policy great again. You know, I can see the baseball hats already. 
so that's why people are talking about negative interest rates. And that's why it's quite important for economic management that uh, or it, uh, there's a way that it can be made to work. Interesting. One last thought. Um, back in 1999, we had Y2K, all those fears that when the clocks on the computers turned over from 1999 to 2000, everything is going to fail. Remember that? We had the same thing when the Dow was about to break above 10,000. It was called Dow 10K. We had fears that all the software systems and automated trading systems would fail because it went from nine digits to uh, four digits to five digits. Uh, both times people worried that all these systems would break down and you know all these automated trading systems would cause a collapse of this, that, and the other. Um, it didn't happen, incidentally. Uh, but could this happen this time? Are you thinking, could it happen this time? I don't think it will for the same reasons it didn't happen last time. But keep an eye out for those headlines. I bet there'll be some, you know, fear-mongering kind of headlines. Uh, I don't know what they'll call it. Yield zero Armageddon, maybe, YZA. Uh, but anyway, keep an eye out for that. It might be something fun and interesting to see. All right, let's finish up. A quick word from my website sponsor, uh, and I'll catch you next time. Okay, let's talk about Masterclass again. If you're interested in advanced trading material, check out masterclasstrader.com. We have courses on trading commodity spreads like a hedge fund manager, trading order flow like a prop trader. And for a limited time, a limited time, you can use the code TRADINGWITHGB for a 20% discount at the checkout. One word, TRADINGWITHGB, the website again, masterclasstrader.com. Get 20% off before YZA gets all of us.